everybody. Welcome into the show. My name is Kevin Vargo, host and founder of the Midpark Music On Air podcast. Today is Tuesday, February 22nd, 2022. So yes, a very cliche 2-22-22, which it is cool. Um, I think what that's, uh, of course, the only time that'll happen. Um, and I've got a really good one for you today with Magic Mountains. I've got Brent and Stu, uh, and then, of course, uh, the rest of the band and Kurt and Ted. They're not with us, but uh, shout out to them as well. Uh, but Brent and Stu of Magic Mountains out of Al- Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Um, they are part British, part Canadian, part total badass. Um, you, you guys know, I talk a lot about, you know, being really amped up with conversations, uh, with those who've just, uh, got ample life experiences, you know, and, uh, these guys definitely have it. They've been a lot all over the world. Uh, they have done some really interesting things that you're going to hear about both musically and non-musically. Uh, again, just a lot of cool stuff for you to, to hear in this conversation here. Uh, maybe most notably the fact of, um, their ties to the band U2, not only in their sound, but um, the reason that they sound so magnificently close to U2. And please know again, you know, I, I don't say that uh, in any light way, you know, in, in a bad way at all either, of course. I say that, my gosh, in the most complimentary way. Um, U2 is one of my most favorite bands of all time. If you've known me for a long time, um, they are one of the very first rock bands that I really fell in love with. I actually saw them, uh, one of the first concerts I ever saw as well in the U2 360 tour back in Pittsburgh in 2011. Gosh, so long ago already, uh, either here nor there. Um, the song that we heard there at the beginning, that was not U2, that was, uh, Magic Mountains. Uh, just a little bit of uh, their song, Bitter Lullaby, which is their only single out right now on their current catalog. Uh, of course, I don't want to short them, you know, as musicians. They've been playing music for a long time. Uh, but with the current catalog that they've got out right now, uh, Bitter Lullaby is uh, is what they've got. And then uh, actually another one coming out, the, a new single that will be out March 11th uh, with Float On. So make sure you check that out. Get that pre-saved right now. Um, and we're going to listen to the whole song, uh, again, and kind of round all of that out to, uh, to bitter lullaby that will lead us into the whole conversation. Normally, uh, you know, I play three songs throughout the podcast, uh, but again, only, you know, since they've got that one, we'll go ahead and talk a little bit here and then that'll lead us into the full conversation. And at the end, uh, we'll see what we're going to do. How about it? Do you guys stick around to, to see what we've got? Um, but again, just really, really uh, amped up for this conversation for you guys. I'm trying to get some new words in my vocabulary. In my vo- why did I? Wow, I said vocabulary. I'm trying to get some new words in my vocabulary other than excited. Um, I, I've been listening to my uh, my podcast over the last couple of days, and uh, I always try to you know find different ways to I guess make myself better, which sounds really really corny when I say it out loud. But um, gosh, I, I said so many times. I'm really excited for you guys to hear this one. So uh, I am super pumped. <laughs> for you guys to hear this one. Um, I really am. Um, you know, again, I, I, you know, we get something out of every single one and, uh, that's, uh, that's no different from here. So, um, last time, of course we had on the podcast, uh, Jonah Leatherman out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, and then next I'm going to have on, uh, my guy, Matt Jackson, uh, out of Youngstown, Ohio. Um, that's going to be a really good one as well. But um, either here nor there, we are going to uh, stop the rambling on. And uh, we're going to listen to the full song here of Bitter Lullaby. Again, just a, a remarkable, remarkable job here in, you know, really honing in on their influences, but also making their own sound. And um, gosh, this song has what, like 40,000, 50,000 streams already on Spotify. I think every time I go on there and look at it, it's, uh, it's got like another 2,000 streams. So uh, doing remarkable well for a song that's only been out here for a couple months uh even if that i think it came out in january um and uh again uh make sure you save their new single that's going to be coming out here in a couple weeks as well float on but uh that's that my name is kevin vargo again host and founder of the mid park music on air podcast we're going to listen to the uh the whole song here but always got to make a note uh thank you for your support i know uh brent Stu here they thank you as well i know everybody that comes on the podcast all the local music uh just family i guess i would say in general um, everybody's super appreciative for the support. If you're listening in, as always, thank you. Uh, we will listen to the full song here and get into the conversation with Magic Mountains out of Edmonton.
excited for this one uh we're breaking into a new a new territory uh, a new place i have not spoken with anybody uh from edmonton alberta canada uh welcome in brent and Stu of magic mountains hello Hi, Kevin. yeah absolutely hello 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 um like i said excited for this uh lots to talk about two things that come to my mind um right away is of course your location and um your sound as well that we were just actually talking about before that to me personally and of course everybody has their own interpretation of music uh, but to me i hear lots of you too and again to me that is a hell of a compliment um i uh, i've always been a big fan of them but either here nor there let's start with the location in edmonton alberta um what's the music scene like there it's actually it's funny because Stu and i were in a band in the mid-2000s and sort of a lot of this stuff came from back then and we in that time we couldn't book shows with anybody because it was purely metal like there wasn't even really punk scene here i mean there was but not not anything at our level it was ever all the punk bands were quite a bit bigger but it was all metal so we were booking shows with metal acts and now that nobody can really do shows anymore it seems like there's like 50 bands around here that we could theoretically play with just based on compatibility and styles and sound that's awesome. And to give people context, um, you said in the terms of like the actual location, Edmonton is about three hours north of the Rockies in Colorado, Denver area. No, we're three hours east of the like the Alberta Rockies and we're about six hours north of the Montana border. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that still makes sense. Okay. So West Canada. Um and I have spoken with people from Canada, from Saskatoon-ish, I think. I should correct me if I'm wrong. Lots of people from Ontario. Everybody has said the same thing in that it's just so far spread out um, yeah. is what it seems. And you guys have three of you. So it's both of you, Stu and Brent. And I should I should say, sorry, earlier, Brent, you're on drums, Stu on vocals, of course. Um, but you've got two others. Who is that? We have Kurt, who plays guitar, and Ted, who plays bass. And one of them lives about five hours away. Yeah. Yeah, Kurt, our guitar player, is in Saskatoon, about five hours east of here. So He's you got a bit of a commute when we want to write and practice and record. 
Yeah. So do you guys go to him or it sounds like he comes to you? Yeah, hey, there's three of us here. Yeah, he's got to come to us. Sorry. Steve. Yeah, he's outnumbered. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it works, though. I mean, it sounds like you guys don't have any problems with it, making it work. Well, yeah, yeah. The the few songs that we've got recorded, we did last, we pretty much most of last summer and fall. And, uh, yeah, we kind of learned them over FaceTime and uh, WhatsApp and just Messenger and sharing bits and pieces here and there. And uh, then getting together a couple times and working it all out, then jumping right into the studio and really worked a lot out at the studio. Just because I- it was... It made sense time-wise to just jump right in. And since Kurt would only be here every once in a while, we thought, you know, while he's here, let's make it count. Yeah, it was just that's what I was just going to say is we did make it count. And, and uh, like, we've been playing in bands and cover bands and different incarnations of things for years. And it's it's a it's a known thing that when you get to a place, you kind of, nobody's done their homework, but it was very, very obvious that we all had realized how precious the time was when we were together because uh, there was no time wasted and the fruits of the labor shone quite nicely because we nobody wanted to be the one in the room that didn't know their stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So <clears throat> it sounds like you guys have all been playing music for a long time. Um, how did this band specifically kind of start? Well, not uh, as, how did as, it start? Friends <laughs> have known each other for for a long long time now and um i answered an ad when i first moved to canada i was originally i'm originally from england and stayed i was in australia for about five years and played in some cover bands over there and and played solo and learned the craft to an extent and then i moved here and answered an ad in an old i think it was metro or an old like when newspapers were a thing saying singer wanted and uh and i auditioned for brent's old band in a karaoke bar and uh which was uh, very efficient and uh sang a few songs and then we got that and that really didn't come to anything we kind of it, it just didn't really come to anything the the infancy of the songs that we're doing now kind of started there but that's how we started and then me and brent lost touch for a while and then reconnected and uh, started talking about and Brent's been the, the driving force and the sort of instigator of it all, um, which we're all very grateful for. And uh, and it's uh, come to this now. Now we're talking to you about it and it's going very well. Like the first song, Bit of Lullaby's out. And, and then w- w- we didn't want to make a sort of homemade sounding record. So we've worked hard, like I said, <clears throat> to get our homework done when we weren't together. And when we got in the studio, um, it's uh, it's turned out very nice, and we're all very happy with how it's going. Yeah, amen. Sounds like it's blossomed into a, a good thing. I mean, yeah. from friendships long ago, and I mean, I think you guys have a great perspective, you know, and sense of experience. And man, like you said, going back to the karaoke bars, um, that's good stuff. Um, anything to add on that? Yeah um Stu yeah or Brent sorry yeah we we like back in the day this was like mid-2000s we ran through a lot of singers and we auditioned them all at karaoke bars we just thought it made the most sense to see how they sounded and we had a bunch of different singers and recorded a bunch of songs with different guys and then Stu came along and was better than everybody for sure and like he glossed over a lot of his past there by saying he went from England to here. There's a pretty big part in the middle where he's part of the British military and lived all over the world and uh, in Australia performing as Bono in a U2 cover band. And then he comes here and uh, oh, and he's uh, just so happened to leave all of that out. Yeah, yeah there's well, some, there's some good stuff in there on my behalf. Yeah. So yes, when I was in when I was in Australia, I. Uh, was was in a and there's always references to that, but you know it's interesting, you know, going back to the sort of oh you sound like you two, which is certainly uh, everyone loves to hate whoever they love to hate, but uh, I'm the biggest U2 fan, so I I was in a U2 tribute band 
you know, wore all the shiny gear and the glasses and stuff. It was slightly slimmer in those days. Um, but we played some huge shows. We would regularly play to a few thousand people on a weekend, and we played at the Melbourne Grand Prix. It's some, some big deal stuff. So I learned learned how to be a front man, even though I was pretending to be someone else. Um, but it was a very big production. Got my chops up, and it's pretty tough to sing some of that those songs. So I, yeah, that's that's what uh, you know. Like I said, got my chops up doing that and uh, learned to sing. And I, I had a singing coach a little bit, but just forcing your way through those songs. Um, you you can't, you, it's not easy to in, to um, imitate that humbly. So, uh, yeah, that's where it all started. And then I learned to play the guitar. I'm just I'm an okay rhythm guitarist, so I would do solo shows um, off the back of that and, um, and play the guitar a little bit in the show. And then we had another cover band. But uh, but that's how I sort of got more serious. I remember getting on stage and they said, you know, for the first time and said, you have to organize your monitor mix. And I honestly thought there was computer monitors that I would read the lyrics from. I didn't know what a monitor mix <laughs> So I was pretty green. And then uh, that's that's what, you know, I, I suppose I sing a little bit like him. But what's been interesting is I was going to say is some people that have known me sing in sing covers for a long time because I've been doing it for a long time. And we've written songs, but this is the first time so many people have heard, you know, me sing. Quite a few people have said to me that know me well and said, this doesn't sound like you, which which is whatever that means. But it's the first time I think people have heard my own voice because I've been singing some, you know, when you sing Summer of 69 by Brian Adams, they don't want to hear. I got my first real six string, bought it at the five and dime. You know, they want it. They want to hear it sound like that, like sound like him. So this is the first time people have heard my own voice and everyone seems to like it. So that's nice. Well, fuck. I only had 45 minutes is a lot. I feel like I need four hours now. <laughs> that's, uh... Yeah. And he comes here and with this, like a very clear U2 background and our guitar player at the time, he idolized the edge. Uh, and I hated you two. Like I like despised, wanted nothing to do with them. And I got kind of dragged into the U2 sound just by virtue of our guitar player wanting to sound like Edge and our singer quite almost literally being Bono. Uh, and sort of worked backwards from there to where I went back and listened and was like, you know what? I don't know why I had to hate these guys for so long. I think because it's kind of cool to hate them. Uh, yeah. But you realize like there's some fundamentals there, like the 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 drum and bass rhythms and the interesting guitar sounds and uh the 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 craft of like the writing of their songs so i've come around i'm not a massive fan but i i definitely appreciate the band and so when people say you know make those comparisons now i take it as a compliment for sure that's great man um well that's all so interesting very very interesting um and yes i mean just to piggyback off that as we you know talked about already i can 100 percent hear it and i don't you know mean to continue to harp on it you're your own band so we need to harp on that as well um you know you just obviously have your influences and there's a lot of you know i think that's the case with anything you know where, where your influences draw from you're going to sound a little bit like um you know obviously that's where you know a lot of the band is rooted but um i think it's great stuff man um yeah, I saw you two live once. Um, it was uh, it was a hell of a show. They've always been one of my favorite bands, so that's always a great compliment. But like I said, this isn't about you two. This is about you guys. Um, Stu, you said, yeah, there there you go. Um, <laughs> Stu, you said you were in the British Army. Is that right? Yeah, the Royal Marines. I was in for years, and um, based on a desert island in the Indian Ocean called Diego Garcia, where they um, flew bombing missions for the Iraq war and stuff. Not when I was there, but there's a huge runway and I was a customs officer there. And the first week I was there, as the story goes, I, um, I've i always loved music and listened to music and always, you know, been able to sing okay, even when I was at school. But I, I was based on a desert island for a year and I bought a Yamaha acoustic guitar first week I was there. And a week before I went home, I played in a little restaurant, and that was the first time I played. So it took exactly a year. And my whole my whole gig, talking about influenced by U2, my whole gig was I used to travel through Singapore 
when I was going to this little island in the Indian Ocean. So we'd always travel through Singapore. This is long before the internet. And um, I bought books uh, to learn from, just taught myself. And I had What's the Story, Morning Glory, and definitely maybe song books, Oasis mm-hmm. books. And that was my gig, was was those all those songs and knocking on heaven's door and breakfast at Tiffany's by the deep blue something that was all I knew but that was and that was my that was my first gig so that's the, the other influences my other loves man that's all uh you go back when so how old were you when you started really playing music or when you started learning how to sing and knew you really wanted to do it 20 I was 20 okay um yeah, man, you got a lot of experience. How about uh, how about you, Brent? Where where are your influences coming from? Because obviously we've talked about the uh, the one band quite a bit, but where does uh, where does yours come from? I I started playing like I got my first drum kit when I was fifteen, and then Kurt, who was the guitar player in our band, because I used to be from Saskatoon. We went to we've known each other since preschool, and uh, he had a guitar, so I wanted drums that old story and uh he had like uh guns and roses song songbook i think it was like the use your illusion to songbook or something like that and so he was learning all that guitar stuff and i really loved the sound of the drums on those albums so i was like oh i want to play like that of course i didn't and don't but uh really wanted to be able to just play music with somebody and i was like well if he's going to play guns and roses i'll learn guns and roses and we'll take it from there we used to jam lunch times. We'd come home from school and Kurt and I would just go to my parents' house and play anything and everything that we knew, you know, Nirvana at the time, of course, and Guns N' Roses, all that stuff. Cause this was like the late nineties. And uh, yeah. And then I didn't play again for, I came to Edmonton. I moved here and started the band and then stopped playing after our band broke up. I didn't play for maybe, fuck 15 years a long time i didn't hold drumsticks and then uh just near the beginning of the pandemic i started thinking man maybe we could just take some old stuff and make it new again and reached out to Stu because we hadn't like he said we lost touch and got back together we talked pulled kurt in from my childhood and uh found a bass player that we knew and took it from there that's good stuff so how so what ultimately took neither because I think neither of you ultimately are from Edmonton. The only one that's from Edmonton is Ted, the bass player. Ted, right? Because you and Kurt grew up in uh, Saskatoon. Yeah. So what wasn't music that took you to Edmonton? No, I came here for school. Got it. Yeah, it, like where Saskatoon is just a mid-sized. It's like. 350,000 people uh, and there's a big university there and a couple of colleges but nothing that I wanted to get into marketing and uh, so the next closest option was Edmonton so that's yeah. how I ended up here and then when I was in school I sort of you know I found guys who like to play and I would rent drums on the weekends we'd fuck around a little bit but then I found one guy who took it a little more seriously and that led to one thing led to another and yeah how about you, Stu? I, I used to have a little uh, pub in Bondi Beach in Australia. And it's much my, more interesting. And uh, I, I, Stu, I bet you have some just absolutely asinine stories to tell. <laughs> I could go on forever. <laughs> Doesn't Brent know it? I can feel <laughs> it. Yeah, and you will. <laughs> I had a little pub in a backpackers restaurant in Bondi Beach in Australia and um, really small place. And there was a couple of Canadian girls working there for me. And they got talking to another Canadian girl who was backpacking, uh, who wanted to work in a pub. Long story short, I got her number and she's my wife. And that's how I ended up here. No shit. No, we no. two kids. And uh, she's that's from Edmonton. So I... Uh, she used to watch me singing in the pub while she was behind the bar, and I would get up on stage and sing some tunes, and uh, she couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got together over there, 
and then she came back here and I followed her about two or, two or three months after, and that was 17 years ago. So that's how I ended up here. She's from Edmonton. So, uh, mm. but just go back, I just wanted to like, go back because I hadn't heard Brent say that before, but it's interesting what a wonderful thing, not to sound like a cheese ball, but what a wonderful thing, musical connect. Because Brent, Brent just said he had user illusion and, and appetite the book, or I think, and, uh, and when I was on going back to the Marines, when I was on a on a tour, like a four month trip on a Caribbean trip on a ship and we were jammed into this boat and I had a discman and I had, I think, six CDs and it was um, never mind. Usual Illusion one and two, Appetite for Destruction and Rattle and Hum and then a couple of others. And that, and that was all I had. So all I had to listen to for four months and my discman. Uh, so, yeah, it's interesting that all, all those years later we um convened in here and obviously like millions of other people listen to those records but uh the the love of it all came together to make this uh to make magic mountains that's good stuff that's uh man like i said i bet you got a lot a lot of of things to tell um just off of the that spring off of you know meeting your wife your what your wife was the backpacker is that right Yes. <laughs> Backpacking through through Australia. She meets her husband, brings him back home. Yeah. That's great. Um, in the sense of your band and, and musically and whatnot, obviously we talked about you just released um, your singer single, excuse me, Bitter Lullaby. Um, what was the release date on that? January 7th. January 7th. So just fresh off the bat here, we're, uh, we're meeting at yeah. the end of January. So just fresh off the bat, seems to be doing well. Um, as I said, I listened to it multiple times just before, you know, again, we got on here. I, I think it's a hell of a tune. And from my understanding, you've got an EP coming out. Yep, we got four more songs and uh, probably probably do two more singles sort of before because we're sort of mastering them, mixing and mastering one at a time. So we're not really in a rush. Uh, and then we'll put them all out together sometime in the early spring. And then we'll write, we'll write some more. I've, that's the other thing that's come off the back of this is like it's, it's so it's really exciting. Like we've we've we're both a little bit better than probably most people that start doing this stuff. But with that, I think we're a bit more level headed, and we've well certainly Brent has, and I've helped to an extent with the marketing side of this stuff. Um, but also we've got something to write about. I've always thought that, you know, when people are writing songs and they're 17, you really don't, although you could argue that the, some other people have done quite well doing it. But uh, we've got more to write about. As you've just alluded to, I've been around the world a couple of times and, and Brent's very experienced and done a million things. So we've actually got something to write about. But it's been exciting to hear hear and see the reaction to this this very, you know, it's all very much in its infancy. And um, I want to write some more songs. Like we've all got lots of ideas. So we've got four or five that are ready to go and they're all very good. Like we're very self-critical, which is why, you know, if, if you like, if you don't like bitter, why that's just cause you don't like that type of music or not you, but a person doesn't like it, but we've done our best to make it sound as good as we can make it sound. Um, and that's, what's been a lot of fun, actually more fun than I thought it would be. It's been very enjoyable to do. Yeah. I've got a couple I've got two complete songs uh, ready to go and sort of just a matter of like getting together with the guys and hammering them out. And then on my phone in my notes, I mean, I think I have somewhere around 50 or 60 song ideas, uh, like in my, uh, the voice memo thing, because I play guitar and I'll write, I'll just think of some, you know, I'll have ideas and I just want to record them and they've piled up over the past couple of years. And, uh, yeah, that's the drawback. Like it's like Stu was saying, when we get together, because we're so far apart, when we get together, we are pretty goddamn productive. But then the downside is, you know, we're not together for two months or three months. And if we were together in those three months, we'd probably already have a double album uh, ready to put out. So have to, it's just a matter of getting together. And COVID, of course, didn't help that at all. For a long time, we weren't even allowed to get together technically and Oh. So that that's in combined with the distance really sort of made things challenging. Man, yeah, I uh, so 
Saskatoon and Edmonton are in two different was it provinces? Is that right? Yep. So during all of the height of like COVID and restrictions went out, were you allowed to travel to different provinces? For a while, no. There was a period where we weren't even allowed to. So yeah, like I say, that would help. And then when we were allowed to cross provinces, we weren't allowed to be in the same house. Like you couldn't have anyone outside your family in your house for it seemed like forever. And then you could, but it was like, it had to be immediate family. And I don't know, like nobody clearly, I don't think was enforcing this or coming door to door uh, to see who was there, but it still was enough that, you know, we didn't want to just take the chance of, you know, parking cars outside someone's house. Cause you wouldn't see for a long time when you went, drove down the street and there was like a car you didn't recognize at someone's house, it stood out. That's how like infrequently that happened where people got together. So we just didn't roll the dice and we did everything. Like I say, with over Skype or not over Skype, but over uh, messenger and FaceTime and things like that. Kurt and I would have jam sessions over the phone to work out songs and stuff. Gosh, damn, that would be difficult. I mean, I, obviously I talk with every band or you know, artist that comes on here about COVID, but that's a whole different ball game in that you, you, you were separated from the band itself <laughs> at some points. Um, that's wild. I think a, 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 as much as what was, as much as the downside, it, it, it also like, like millions of other things that have, that have happened, there was something pretty good born out of it that we didn't rush it. We couldn't rush. Like we may have gone into the studio and, and settled, settled on things. And in this case we didn't like we were, we, we, we almost were, we all, we actually did say okay we've got to stop now we got to this is this is finished now because we just kept saying what about this what about this and we're all it was very um bit like i said being self critical and over analytical but that's because we had so much time so i think um the songs show that as well that we didn't just rush into it like they've been a long time in the making so we made the best of it um but it was quite frustrating yeah mm-hmm. absolutely and you know, that's kind of one of the things I've written down, which is a nice segue into, you know, I always mention, the, you know, the the idea of age and experience and everything. And obviously you guys are a little bit older, um, which I, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. I just I always appreciate talking to those who have a little more experience because, as you said, you've got more to talk about. You got you got more to write about. Um, how has that been for you? I, mean, I don't know how how old you guys are, and you don't have to share that, obviously, or anything. But how has it been for you in kind of the digital age of making, you know, of streaming and all that? Because I know it's it can be difficult, and again, especially in today's day and age, where it seems like you have to release a new single or something every month because every other band is doing so. Um, I guess just a long winded answer to or long winded question to get around to. How's all that been for you? I I think because if like if we if this was the first time we've done it at all, or even tried doing it because it really didn't come to anything in the past, we wouldn't have a barometer or a yardstick of of one or the other. So we would just get on with it. But I I like this because before, and I've thought about this a lot, is before 10, 15 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever used to have to make a cd like and we would laugh on we would laugh at other or not laugh but it's a bit, a bit mean but bands you'd see they'd have a cd release party where they you know have a piece of plastic with a, with a cd in it and there was probably two or three good songs on it but the, the rest weren't that great and that's a lot of albums that's a lot of professional albums you know a lot of people don't know the b-sides and that's been that's a lot of huge albums but now you don't have to do that um but we've because you can release them one at a time or two at a time or five at a time or whatever it is. You don't have to put any fillers on there, which I think is good. But me and Brent are both, we are a little bit older, mid mid to late forties. And, uh, <laughs> but, speak for yourself. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but we both sort of embraced, even without what we do for a day job, we both embraced the digital side of things. We're both pretty savvy with it. Uh, certainly Brent has led the way as far as getting all the, um, songs in the right place to be heard, but I like I like that fact because you don't have to you don't have to rush you know you don't have to put four or five fillers on on a CD just to make it 
and then nobody ever listens to it anyway. It's all it's all as golden as we can make it because you don't have to put any crap out, you know. So I think it's good, but that's a matter of opinion. Yeah, I'm with it. Brent, what do you get? And, and uh, real quick, I, I think Brent, do you mix and master? No, God, no, no, no. We recorded oh. at a studio here in the city, and then okay. got to, yeah, we send everything out to be mastered. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I don't know anything about that. I'm like I'm pretty solid on songwriting and production, but I don't. Well, yeah. No, I can't get into mixing and mastering. It's over my head. I've never even attempted. I have GarageBand, and I'll do when I record songs here when I'm in like writing. I can I know enough to you know create my own drum loops and. I'll play the bass and I'll play a few guitar tracks and stuff just so I can get some arrangements down and show the guys, but that's it. Yeah. Just enough to be dangerous. Man. I feel there's so many things I could still talk about here. Um, where does the name, um, I, I, I feel like I, I might have an idea. Um, I know where my mind goes and it's probably not the same, but where does the name Magic Mountains come from? Well, first, I want to hear what you think. What I think it is for you guys or what I where my mind goes? Where your mind goes? My mind goes to like a druggy type thing, like Magic Mountain. Like my, look at my hoodie, man. I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a, uh, a tie-dye hoodie, you know, like you're, like you're taking magic mushrooms on the, on the mountains and just, you know, that's where my mind goes. But I'm, that's, I'm assuming not where yours was. No, not at all. I don't know. Where does any band get their name from? Like, I guess sometimes it's pretty specific. <laughs> I... I mean, we live near the mountains, so yeah. there's that. But it was more, oh, I don't know. We had a whole, we went back and forth, uh, myself and Stu and Kurt on our uh, band messenger thing, and just firing names back and forth and trying to come up with a name that fits the sound. Uh, and I, this was one of them. We must have gone through 30 or 40 and then and then from there you look okay how many bands have this name and then you got to remove those ones and i yeah. mean even magic mountains there are there's a there are multiple bands called magic mountain so we were just like let's just be magic mountains and it kind of fits the sound we, we feel like we have kind of a big sound and it has it's kind of a big name so that's how we sort of landed on that one I, it was a process of, of, of not a process of elimination, but I just had things I didn't want to be. Like, we didn't want to be the somethings because I, I think we're just. The, another thing that's different to when we did this a long time ago is that uh, we certainly will play live and I'll wait to play live and enjoy it. But that was the priority before. Now we're all a bit more grown up. We wanted this, the music to be the leader, not the not the stage show, <laughs> you know for want of a better term but uh we we will play live because we can play live and i can't wait to do it but the um the name and the the branding of it all the main it it will be it will become what it becomes and hopefully it's very successful but um the music the songs themselves is is the leader no gimmicks no stage show and fireworks and silly names and silly clothes it's the music that we wanted and that comes from the ability to be able to stream them and release them all at the time but um i just didn't want to be the something like a member of the it's just magic mountains like it's almost the name of the music not not the band i don't yeah. know if that makes but that's it's it's and we we were you know we're all um we're going to need makeup when we do go on stage. Let's put it that way. But uh, <laughs> even we didn't we didn't want ourselves on the album. Uh oh. Did we lose Stu? Froze. <laughs> Maybe he'll be back. Uh, well, we lo yeah, there we. No, he's back. He Stu. Stu, can you hear us? Hello. Yeah. I can see you now. Yes. Perfect. Yeah, you're back. Um, no, I, I, I'm, I, I can appreciate that, especially you know, in the what you're saying, especially about wanting to make it about the music, you know, and no, no side and pony shows and and whatnot. Um, yeah. And again, when I when I talk about these kinds of things, I I really try to harp on the fact that there's no right or wrong way to do it. You know, there are ways 
and, and I think, you know, again, one of the things that comes with age and experience is you guys know that you understand that, um, you know, you do what works for you. Um, and what works for you is keeping it to the music. And that's great. Um, speaking of that, how it doesn't sound like, cause you said you're excited to be able to, but maybe, maybe you have already, um, have you guys played live as a band or do you have some plans to here in 2022 or what, or does that depend on what Justin Trudeau says? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. depends, yes, on, depends on a lot of things but we yeah. we brent and i agreed very quickly that if it's if it's a requirement we definitely will and uh and hopefully it, it is a requirement but even if it's not it we both are very willing to do it and can't wait to do it but there's so many variables out of our control. Like the pubs up here, the pubs and the bars and the clubs are really struggling. And the, you know, it's. But I was I know a couple of um, people who do own bars and restaurants, and it's it's interesting how it's gone sort of full circle now. Is that a reason to get people out of the house and uh, and people are looking for something to do different? So there's a bit of a resurgence in live performing now. That's that's come about in i live just outside edmonton in, the, in another little town and uh, bars that you wouldn't have even thought would have live music uh, there's been a bit of a resurgence because people are just so tired of sitting around they want something else to do so that might be another happy accident that's born out of this so we will we will play live for sure yeah like Stu said so much a our guitar player is five hours away b it's winter and I mean, even travel between the cities is sometimes just highly inadvisable uh, in the weather we get up here sometimes. So there's that, and there's COVID, there's the fact that there are limited places to play at the moment. The plan has been all along to do shows to support the EP when it's out in the spring, summer, uh, because A, weather's better, B, theoretically, people will be allowed to do stuff again. So. That's kind of always been what I've had in my mind, maybe, you know, late spring, early summer to do a few shows, but but yeah. also, yeah, we got a few, we have played together, obviously, just not in front of people. Like we, when we were preparing for the recording, we got together and then at the studio. So yeah, we've played the songs together. We play a bunch of covers together uh, just to practice and warm up and stuff. But people playing in front of real humans is the next big step. There you go. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's so many variables, like we both said. Um, Edmonton has what the Oilers? Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Say that again. The be- the less said about them, the better at the moment. They got the two greatest hockey players in the world and can't win. Are NHL teams in Canada allowing fans in the games? Some depends okay. what day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, you know, when you were talking about, you know, the economy and whatnot struggling, I, I know that that's obviously probably a big part of the economy there. Um, yep. You know, drawing fans of the games and whatnot. So I didn't know if those were back, and but it was going back. on about all that. It was back full. I went to a game actually with my daughter and it was completely full and then things got bad again. So they just cut it to half capacity and then it was closed and then they stopped games. So it depends on the day. Yeah. Depends what Justin's in. <laughs> yeah, I think it was either Ottawa or Montreal. They had for a while, and maybe for all I know, they still do. Just zero, like zero fans are allowed. On, uh, depends it's province to province. Okay. Yeah, just the rules are different. Wild man. Can't keep track anymore. I don't know. I I, I know. Um, I, and you guys have alluded to. You know, you've got families. You've got lots of experience prior and things, but. Right now, in this very moment, um, how do you guys spend your time um, outside of music? You know, in the sense of jobs, hobbies, anything like that you want to mention? I still play. I play. I, I play, and as much as I can, like, and as well as the day job and seeing in local pubs. Uh, I played on New Year's Eve. Was the last time I played, um, but not 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 to beat a dead horse to death with what we're talking about but for obvious reasons not as much as I used to but besides that just um, sports you know kids in soccer that sort of stuff 
Yeah, I work from home uh, and I have a three-year-old, so every day is just a shit show here. Trying, <laughs> trying to do my job and trying to not have another small human kill himself while I'm trying to do my job uh, is just a day-to-day -day adventure. And then whenever I have two jobs. Yes, pretty much. And then when I have free time, which is almost never, uh, I'm pretty much, well, I plowed through Yellowstone. Me and my wife plowed through Yellowstone in three weeks. We watched all four seasons, and now we're on to Ozark at the recommendation of Stu, and we're almost done season one. So that's, that's my free time is TV or music, yeah. just writing, you know, recording <laughs> ideas and stuff. And I'm halfway through Ozark season four. Very nice. And that's only because they only released half of it. Otherwise, I'd be finished. <laughs> um yeah i'm always curious about that um you know like i said you guys obviously you've got families and um i've talked with some who've you know they're still in college um some in your situation and you know at the end of the day obviously the connection is music but um yeah just curious how people are spending their time um any other than of course uh kurt and it's ted right yes ted plays bass yeah Yep, Kurt and Ted. Uh, any other shout-outs that uh, we need to make sure we give to people, places, things, anything at all? Well, no one. What's that? <laughs> no one else is important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, it's just us. I have a feeling Stu is the is Stu the class clown of the band. <laughs> We've already given too much time to Brent's son on this interview. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think we mentioned it but um i think it's kind of cool that uh kurt our guitar player is the lead guitar player for the biggest tragically hip tribute band in western canada uh i don't know how much that means to you or anyone else in the states but the tragically hip effectively the biggest band from canada uh and uh yeah he plays guitar so he's he's got that going on oh, oh it's Saskatoon. that's kind of what he's got uh happening when he's on like full-time thing yeah like they play some pretty big shows uh and they pull in a good crowd and uh yeah because the, the tragically hip are canada's band like that's every canadian knows every word to every song type of thing and uh so he's he's got to know how to play you know 60 to 80 songs on any given night because they play three one-hour sets pretty much and so yeah he's a he's a he has another job but he's also pretty much lives on the guitar yeah that's I'm awesome i'd like to mention for shout concerned is um colin who has recorded these songs who was very patient with brent because brent's very very um knows Say what it. he wants no, but it's great because attention to detail is unrivaled. Um, and Colin was the guy that uh, owns the studio and became, you know, we're good friends now. Spent a lot of time there, but he was very patient. And, and also said that he learned a lot from us and learned a lot from Brent with the recommendations because he um, he hadn't been this involved with a band like like us and, and um, with so much detail and so many tracks. So... Um, and he's been great and very, very accommodating and gone way beyond the call of duty. So, yeah, sure. Colin at Electric Treehouse here in Edmonton. He didn't. Yeah, Stu's right. Like just the fact that Colin didn't smash my head in at any given moment for, you know, the song mix being done. And then I would come home and have an idea for, oh, we should add. Uh, we got to throw like some kind of tambourine into this part here uh, and then go do that. And uh, I yeah. I was constantly adding and changing things after we thought things were done and having to make changes, but he's been pretty goddamn cool about everything. And uh, yeah, we I'm actually excited because in the next few days we should be getting the next song back. So nice. Kind of excited and definitely share that with you, Kevin, when it comes in so you can have a you can have a listen. Bring it my way. Love it. Yeah. Give me the same um, Maybe uh, if we time it up, maybe we can even get it uh, on the episode here. I don't know when it'll be out, but we'll see. Um, who did, and shout out to Colin, of course. Don't want to skip over that. Yeah, that's all extremely important. Um, 
I've learned a lot of bands now are either doing it. Well, I mean, this is kind of obvious what I was about to say, uh, but you know, you're either doing it yourself or, you know, somebody that you very much trust, you know, there's not a whole lot of outsourcing to, you know, third party type, you know, independent uh, or not, in, not independent is the word I don't want to use there. I don't know if anything is making sense. I'm saying here, but you're doing it yourself or, you know, with somebody very close to you, but it's, it sounds like the case is with Colin. Um, who does your, or who did, at least for the first one that's out, the artwork for Bitter Lullaby for the uh, cover? I did that. It's pretty minimal, and I'm not much of an artist, but... No, it's, it, it, I like it, man. Yeah. Give yourself more credit. Like, like Stu said earlier, we didn't want to put us on it. Like, we're not... We don't need that. Uh, and nobody wants to see us anyway. So no. we... I was like, let's just go with some kind of art, and then had a whole bunch of different ideas and ultimately we talked about it and it was just, let's go with this simple, very, very minimalistic look. And I think that's probably what we're going to use for the rest of the singles too. just, you know, slight variations, but ultimately try to keep some sort of theme consistent there. I like it. I like, uh, Thank you. like I said, there's no, you know, right, wrong way. Um, I've seen a few people do what you, it sounds like doing our, you know, kind of that, simple design a couple little tweaks maybe in the colors or whatnot uh, in the release between the singles and i like that um, or you know you've got some stone kids that are like 21 just releasing album covers with like you know them sitting on a road <laughs> so, you know we're just we, nothing we wrong had, uh, the railway track pictures we had all of that stuff and that's <laughs> like, like as you absolutely say there's no right or wrong like we right. we we realized that it's it's a bit silly for us to be doing that. It's not silly for a 21-year-old to be doing it. Like, yeah. then we're not ancient or anything, but, uh, and again, similar to the name of the band, every name of a band is silly until, until they become themselves, you know? Every, yeah. Led Zeppelin is a stupid name, but not anymore. And um, <laughs> It's very true. It was before they were famous and, and Coldplay is a crap name, but not anymore, you know, so it, it, everything becomes itself. And hopefully, yeah. you know, fingers crossed, we we will. I can imagine somebody just asking Jimmy Page in like 1967, what the fuck is a Led Zeppelin? Yeah. <laughs> uh, now we Actually, know. No, I don't know if I, I don't be quoted on this, but it's, it was either George Harrison or Ringo Starr heard their songs and said that'll go down like a Led Zeppelin and that's where it came from. I do believe I've heard that actually. But yeah. I don't know urban myth, but still. Yeah. It's uh, the best name in the world now. Yeah. Um how, what's the best way to support you? Obviously at this point just continuing to stream the songs and follow yeah. on uh, on the social medias and all that. Yeah, any yeah. any love we can get on or yes, Instagram and Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. The link is in our bio everywhere, so you can link to all the streaming platforms there. So yeah, any love we get is awesome because it's all new to us and just feels great anytime. Like I say, when I look and it's like, hey, 12 people are listening right now and it's like 11 p.m. I think that's goddamn cool. So yep, and that's the thing that's been um, not surprising because I think the song's good. Like I, I think. I think we wrote, wrote no songs and I can sing, obviously. But when people, there seems to be a surprise. Even people we know, they're like, that's actually fucking good. Like, <laughs> not, not, not interested. We, we joke a lot. We don't, we don't just want our aunties to like it. But the people, people listen to it and they're like, that's like a fucking proper song. Well, yeah, I know. And that's what's been very cool. Yeah. Because it's hands up. Like, if you don't like that type of music, then can't be forced to like it i don't like opera and, and death metal you know but it, it, i can't say it's bad because i just it's not my thing but if you don't like it but it, we believe what we've done is done very well so it's been nice to have people agree as you yeah. should man I mean, you should you know not to be cliche and corny but i mean yeah all that really matters is you like what you put out um you know you're, you're getting good feedback from people i think i can't remember which one you said it but you know, regardless of how good you do it, there's going to be people that don't like it. It's just not their cup of tea. It's not their kind of music. <laughs> it is what it is. But you've certainly got, I mean, it looks like to me, you know, a very good, consistent, solid base 
you know, moving forward now as you continue to release more of these singles and get to the EP. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Anything else? Anything else we haven't hit on at all? Want to make sure we touch on, or, or have we uh, have we got to all sides of the mountains? Yeah, we've been through every valley. Oh, there's many. Yes, we've been to the top. Yeah, that is very. This is very true. Um, well, I appreciate the hell you guys. Um, like I said, it's uh, it's always fun for me to kind of break into a new area. Um, I love speaking with, again, people who've you know got a lot of experience in life and been you know all over the place and served in the, old. we get it served in the no hey i'm believe me man i'm i'm about to turn 30 here in may uh, oh, oh wow well i i feel like i'm about trust me if i grow this beer out uh these two whole patches here are gray um i feel like i'm about to be 40 and not 30 um and life is flying by me but you know at the end of the day I know I'm still young uh, in the grand scheme of everything, um, but you know, age is just but a number, man. I mean, you could, you got, yeah, sure, you could be in your mid 40s to upper 40s, whatever you are, and you could also be sitting on your ass, elbow deep in a bag of potato chips, doing nothing, but you guys are releasing music and doing what you want, following your passion. So that's where you should be with it, and that's where you, you know, I, I would be proud to be yourselves. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. No doubt. That's Magic Mountains coming live out of Edmonton, Alberta. Um, of course, got the single out already. I'm not sure when this uh, podcast will be out, but we got Bitter Lullaby there and uh, make sure we keep spinning them. But guys, I appreciate you very much. I know we're going to stay in contact. You got it. Thanks so much, Kevin. Yeah, Thank you. absolutely. What a couple of guys, huh? Um, no, really. I mean, I mean that in a, in a, a sincere sense. They really are a, a great couple guys and, um, you know, just the whole band in general and, and, you know, the whole kind Canadian thing is, it is really cliche, but it's so damn true. You know, it's been nothing but a, a pleasure interacting with them on social media and, and, um, you know, I'm just very, very looking forward to seeing what they've got in store, you know, throughout 2022 and, and moving forward and starting with the new single coming out here in, in just a couple of weeks. Um, you know, going back to what I mentioned before we got into the conversation and, and uh, as we were in the conversation, you hear as well as I'm listening again and, and just they've got so many vast life experiences and, um, you know, they're they're humble as well, too. And to have all of that experience and, and do the things that they've done and um, be where they are in life, you know, and to still be humble and, and you know that's that's i think the biggest thing that i take away all of that in general from from magic mountains and i hope you guys do as well or uh whatever you're able to hear in there um yeah that's that uh that's again magic mountains out of edmonton alberta canada thank you always for the support i, I mentioned that at the beginning gotta you know never never stop mentioning that because it is super super important as the as the podcast continues to grow here and more and more people keep listening in. I've got to always note that. And, you know, I'm, I'm always open to suggestions and, uh, we are one big family here growing to together. If you've got any bands that you might want to hear interviewed, uh, please send them my way. Love to love to get them on the show here. Um, again, uh, as I mentioned, uh, earlier and, and have on social media and whatnot, uh, I'm going to have Matt Jackson from Youngstown, Ohio coming in this Friday. Uh, but what we're going to do here before we, uh, before we get onto that is we're going to wrap it up, of course, with Magic Mountains. So as I mentioned, uh, and as we talked about during the conversation, and I think I've said that now 14 times here, um, but, um, the, the band has one song out, right? So we listened to that at the beginning. That was Bitter Lullaby. So what I'm going to do here, uh, at the end is we are going to listen to you too baby that's right and what we're going to listen to is a song that i think they sound again i there's a ton of resemblance across the board in many songs but one i really hear them really really hear them strikingly is uh even better than the real thing um and i think it's uh it's an ironic title because maybe magic mountains is even better than the real thing of you too who knows um we will see but uh i thought it'd be a nice little way um you know if you're not familiar with you two again you can hear the the you know, remarkable resemblance here. And, and, uh, again, I don't, I, I, I hate to harp on the fact of, you know, it's like Greta Van Fleet and Led Zeppelin. I know that they don't like that hearing that comparison because they hear it over and over. And so I'm cautious to do things like that. Cause I don't want to make it sound like I'm trying to 
minimize the talent behind uh, Magic Mountains and that they don't have their own sound and their own ability and everything, because of course they do. Um, I think, again, this is nothing but a compliment, in my opinion, but uh, to hear the resemblance here uh, is really cool. So we're going to listen to Even Better Than the Real Thing by U2 on the way out here. Um, again, conversation with my guys, uh, uh, Magic Mountains out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Uh, it was a really good one. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. My name is Kevin Vargo, host and founder of the Midpark Music On Air podcast. We will see you Always